All right, are we live? All right, we're live. Do you ever feel like the whole world has gone insane? Yeah, you're not alone. I feel that way. In fact, the majority of people feel that way. The truth is, we were all sold this great lie that being part of a silent majority was something we should be proud of. Being a silent majority allowed a very loud, angry group of people to control everything. And problem there is, that small group of people, they're communists. I say that myself as someone who's the son of a Cuban refugee who had to flee communism. I know the reality of how important the American dream is. I know how quickly we can lose freedom. And that's why this is our last stand. I'm your host, Robbie Starbuck, and I'm going to be diving deep on the issues and people that matter so that together we can save the American dream and once again become a loud majority that steers the direction of this country. If you're with me and you want to spread truth and wake up the masses, you're in the right place. Together, one piece of truth at a time, we can save America. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, we're joining you live here from Franklin, Tennessee. Um, we've got some crazy stuff to talk about today, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. We've got uh, this Kanye situation yesterday. If you guys didn't see it, Kanye West went on Alex Jones slash Infowars I'm pretty sure you have seen it. I mean, this has been everywhere. I didn't want to play the video because honestly, I don't want to give the guy any more impressions of people seeing his face or not seeing his face since he covered it. But he said um, that he likes Hitler. He said that we have to stop dissing Nazis all the time. And he said <clears> he sees good things about Hitler. Um, and I just, you know, for the record, anytime you're in a position where you're defending Hitler, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Okay. That's just a general rule for life. I can safely say Kanye West is not going to be president in 2024. He has delusions of grandeur that he's going to run for president and be president. Um, that's not going to happen. This this is clearly, I mean, this has gone to a really dark place at this point. And I think people need to be honest about that. And I think it's a good, a good signal. You know, I saw Matt Walsh said this earlier. We on the right have to be very careful embracing celebrities. Celebrities come from a world that is so divorced from the world that we live in and the values we love. Unless we see them make a break from that world entirely and they're willing to start over and start something new and, and get away from it, you know, chances are you have to be trepidatious because, you know, you have to be really scared of the lukewarm people, the people who try to fit in two worlds at once. Because to do that, you really have to compromise a lot of things. And so that's why, you know, people like him, you've got you've to be trepidatious. He may say a couple things you agree with, and that's fine. But then he says something like this. And you know what it does? It poisons the well. It poisons the things that he said that were sane with the insane. And, you know, you could make an argument. Maybe that's intentional. I don't know. I can't get in his head, in his world, and say is what he's doing intentional. But I think that's a natural thing to wonder. Absolutely. Well, right? first, can you turn the sound off there? Um, so I think there's three things that pop to my mind. One is that um, this seems intentionally chaotic. I mean, to so chaos for the purpose of chaos and attention seeking. For what purpose is my question? I mean, what is it distracting from? Who is it distracting for? Um, what is the purpose of this distraction? What is the purpose of saying any of these things? Is it to elicit some sort of positive change in society to direct us uh, towards some mode of action? I mean, what is the purpose? Chaos. Um, it's chaos. And and what what do we know about chaos? I mean, you know, as a believer, I'm just going to say this perspective as a Christian because I think it's wildly offensive um, 
first off, you know, the anti-Semitic stuff, but also the anti-Christian rhetoric as well. Because when you invoke Jesus and Christianity to justify your chaotic action, then you're sowing chaos and and just divisive hatefulness and um, attention-seeking behavior. That is not Christ-like. That's not, uh, you know, uh, representing Christianity well at all. Um, and so I just think that is really, it's just gross to it's me. Gross. Uh, and well, you know, as a Christian too, the other thing that really bothered me is somebody going up there to give a full throated defense of Hitler with a Bible right. on their hand, Right. I think is really disgusting. Um, don't drag the Bible into your own lunacy. And beyond that, you know, when you look at the argument he was making, he was essentially saying, oh, well, I'm actually being Christ-like by showing that I love everybody, even even people like this. But he didn't just say even people like this, said especially people like this. Um, and that's just not biblical in any way. I mean, you're going to see in next week's episode, the pre-taped episode, I have two pastors coming on, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy and Pastor Clint Mosley. And we actually dive into stuff similar to this and how people try to embrace this idea. You need to be accepting of everything, tolerant of everything, love everything. And that is not biblical in any way. That's not moral in any way, because uh, that means that you have to accept things like love means love or love is love. That thing that, you know, that they say, it's total baloney. If you believe love is love, then you believe that men can love little kids and want to marry them. I don't believe that. So I'm never going to be okay with the statement love is love, you know, and I think that's something that people need to be aware of. Right. But I was going to pull up some other stuff. Wait, that, can I, can I say one more yeah. thing about that? It, also, it's, it's really interesting that there seems to be some kind of effort, whether it's on the part of Kanye or the media that's picking this up and using it for media fodder to uh, align uh, Christianity and crazy town and conspiracy theories and anti-Semitism, like all in one bunch as if we're like all in the same pot. You know, that is what is coming as a result as far as media is taking away from this is that we're, you know, the alt-right conservative Christian fringe, um, you know, the same rhetoric that like New York Times is is putting out. We'll put a slide up, up for that later. But it's interesting the media take away from this chaos, you know, what they're what they're using it for. That is a pretty good indicator of, I think, you know, what's happening here. Yeah, I think so. And so Kanye went on further. He wasn't done there with with all that stuff. Uh, this came up next, him defending Balenciaga. He said, God loves Balenciaga. Love is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Praying for the innocent artists and beautiful humans who make clothing who have nothing to do with the ads. Okay, first of all, if you go into the history of the company and you look at everything that they do, I have no sympathy for anybody who works there. I really don't. If you work there and you disagree with this stuff, you should leave and go get a job at a place that reflects your values because clearly the roots of the tree are poisoned. And there's no arguing against that. He, he continued. He wasn't done. He posted pictures, actually. And this specific picture, because of the way that the frame size is here, I can't show you the whole picture, but he's holding a key. Uh, hanging from his hand, this guy, which is important because the the bears in those pedophilic ads had key locks on them. And these were put up at the same time. And it's just very strange. Uh, but he said, I stand by Balenciaga and denounce all witch hunts. I cancel cancel culture. Jesus is king. Ending trafficking doesn't start or end with a fashion cam campaign for. I'm not going to repeat that part. Here's the deal. It actually does begin with these types of things. Ending trafficking begins with ending pedophilic propaganda. Ending trafficking begins with making it societally unacceptable to do anything like this. Okay, that's number one. Number two, tying God together with defending a pedophilic brand who did pedophilic ads 
is disgusting. And I think that more people need to call Kanye out for that because there's no defense. There is no defense for, for what Balenciaga did at all. And I'll, I'll repeat what Matt Walsh said. No, God does not love a company that did BDSM pedophilic themed ads with little kids framed up with alcohol in front of them while bears have bondage gear on. Right. Okay. God does not love that. And I think that if you're out there today making any sort of excuse for Kanye because you want to hold on to the idea that this, you know, there's a celebrity who who had talent who agreed with you, like let it's time to let go. It's time to let go. The guy has gone off the reservation. Okay. If you're defending this stuff and dripped head to toe in Balenciaga gear, there, there's a problem. Okay. Like you don't get it and you have no place in the public conversation when it comes to this issue. And you should, you should, honestly, he needs to step away and get help. And I hope somebody who loves him, you know, steps in and tells him that. And I'm sure some have, you know, hopefully, but you know, again, he's a man at the end of the day, there'll be a lot of people saying, you know, oh, people need to step in. But the truth is he's a man. He has to make the decision for himself and he has to decide to do the right thing and get help and really grow some discernment about when to speak. Don't talk about things you haven't thought about. And it's very clear. He doesn't have that filter. Right. where he's thinking about things before he says them to really discern if they're correct or incorrect or something that could, you know, be hurtful or not. You also know? don't preach what you don't practice. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but his own children, I mean, are being sexualized and what, you know, his daughter was wearing a BDSM mask out with the mom. So, you know, get, get your head, right. Get your mental health, right. Get your spirit, right. And attend to your own family before you t start telling millions of people, you know, there's a lot moral of virtue there. signaling. There's a lot of issues there. You know, he also went off last night saying he caught his wife um, sleeping with an NBA player. And just as a man, you know, um, let's pretend that's that's true. Let's pretend it's true. Obviously, given his recent track record, you can't really rely on what he's saying. But let's pretend it is as a man and as a father. As much as it may wound you that that's what happened, and I think you have you're within your rights to, as a man, you know, reject that and say uh, I'm not going to be with somebody who would who would cheat on me and would do that. That's I think morally, you know, within your bounds, 100%. Here's the issue, though. Think about your kids, and that's what I would tell him. Think about your kids. Everything you do right now reflects back on them. Their friends then go to school. And they have to hear about everything you say. And today they're dealing with friends asking them about their mom cheating on their dad. And that's that's not a cool position to put your kids in. There's better ways to handle all these issues. And I really hope that he chooses a better route that is less insane for his children. Um, we're going to transition here to talking more about Balenciaga. And so to do that, I want to play a video to you guys of what celebrities should be doing. OK, because this guy, this guy did the right thing. He's a host of a show. And here's what he had to say. And I want you guys to notice when I play this clip. Midway through, you see him pull his earpiece out. That's because in the studio, when you're in a studio on a show like this, you have producers in your ear through your earpiece talking to you. And sometimes they're telling you what to say. Sometimes they're telling you you need to go to break. They're telling you all kinds of things. I don't know what they were telling him, but it was enough for him to say, I'm pulling it out and I'm going to finish what I'm saying. So watch this. Where's the outrage? I'm going to go off for a minute here because Please where is the outrage? It's been a week and a half. And now we're doing this story. I get it. Thanksgiving was happening and all that. But they tried to hide behind that, right? Maybe this will make it through the news cycle. No, it's not, okay? Adidas didn't cut ties 
48 hours after Kanye did his whole thing, right? And they got lambasted for not speaking out against uh, anti-Semitism. This is a week and a half and nobody seems to care that there's little kids involved in this. I can't speak what it's like to be a black man, right? I can't speak what it's like to be a Jewish woman, but I can speak what it's like to be a father of two young boys. And that this type of behavior, when I worked at CBS.com out of a little closet my first show, I was like, I'm gonna say this and wear a blue shirt. I got 49 emails saying, maybe wear a purple shirt and maybe don't say this here. Don't tell me this slipped through the cracks right. when you're getting a court case that features child pornography. It's disgusting, it's disturbing. Jeopardy's gotta flip their whole production because of w one person said something, but they wanted to be woke and do all that. How many other examples are there? 10, 20, 30, 40 years we're going back to cancel people? But this slips through the cracks? It's outrageous, and that people aren't outraged and skipping work with their posters and going to the courthouse or going to Balenciaga and stars aren't wiping their Instagram and social media with all their Balenciaga gear is disgusting in itself. Don't you tell me, Hollywood, how to live my life or you want me canceled or because you... Where's the outrage? 100%. I mean, where are the celebrities? Remember the Black Square? Remember LGBT? Pride Month turned into Pride Year and constant virtue signaling about that, canceling people in 24 hours, celebrities canceling brands, canceling people. But virtual silence on the issue of child sexualization, child exploitation, which is an epidemic in our country. There's no excuse for it. And that's how you know one more reason not to put celebrities on this pedestal of, of morality or even of just our, our taking up our conscious time and thought. They are not our moral arbiters. And it, it's, it's far past time to deconstruct this celebrity culture and influence over our lives. They are a marketing arm for sexual exploitation. You know, traffickers and, and people who sexualize children, they don't even have to market it because it's become so normal in Hollywood, on Netflix with cuties and all on Instagram, all across these, these fashion art houses. And let me talk about this art thing. They think that this is that you can sexualize children or well, exploit me, children for the purpose of art. I'm going to pull it up for them and, and we can explain it. First of all, before we pull up this art thing that she's talking about, I just want to say kudos to that guy. That's what entertainers uh, in the industry need to do with any semblance of the influence they do unfortunately have. That's what they need to do because we do need to break that paradigm down. But as long as they have that influence, that is how you do it, what that man did. Um, so thank you to him. But um, we'll pull up this story that you're talking about. Balenciaga's parent company CEO, um, which is called Carrot, correct? Yes. Um, Caring. 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 He, he had the auction house Christie's that sold art sexualizing kids. Now, we got censored versions of these. We actually thought we wouldn't be able to show any of these because um, they're just they're grotesque. And I couldn't show the majority of them. But we mm -hmm. do have censored versions that Breitbart had up um, that I'm going to go ahead and show you. And um, so just to be clear, if you've got kids, you know, anywhere nearby. Well, kids I, should never be watching this show anyway. It, I know, but <laughs> I just I try to be a good and helpful you know, person. Trigger warning. Um, yeah. This is coming up. So let's see this. Um, these are some of the images censored. That's the man who's the CEO. And um, you may recognize him vaguely. And the reason that you recognize him vaguely is because he's Salma Hayek's husband. Okay, the actress. Now, those images that are blurred, just to be very clear, they have genitalia hanging off those children. So that kids knows their word is male genitalia um, and off their mouths and everything. You don't even want to know. I mean, this stuff is disgusting. They profit off this. And by the way, those go for tens of thousands and over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, these pieces of art. Um, 
which sounds like money laundering to me, period. I mean, I, does it well, sound like money laundering to you? Because that's exactly, I, I don't understand. I don't know how there could be a human being who would pay right. a dollar for that, let alone $100,000 or more for it. Well, both options are, are pretty bad, but we have to understand there is a demand for this type of garbage. And who, who are the buyers? The buyers are these elites, these people that apparently have all the power and money in the world and all that's left is to exploit children because it's a social taboo and they're breaking that down right along with the progressive ideology that's so sick and pervasive which is just moral relativism, you know? And they and, and they talk about yeah. this. I mean, all of these art artistic directors, they think they're so edgy by just constantly moving the lines of of taboo of what they can get away with. I mean, they've pretty much done everything except sexualize children. And that is what is becoming more normalized. So what how do they do that? They start, you know, desensitizing the public with with art, right? Because for in their minds and their sick minds, Art is an excuse for pedophilic uh, propaganda, expression, all of these sick, depraved, evil, even demonic type of art content. It's an excuse. If it's under art, then to them it's free speech and there's they're free of repercussions. And just to be abundantly clear, anytime you, you sexualize a child or exploit a child, art is never an excuse. Expression is never an excuse. Freedom of speech and expression is never an excuse. If a pedophile hurts a, a child and they say, well, I was expressing myself sexually, that's my identity, or this is you know, what I wanted, or it was just art, I was taking pictures of them because I'm a photographer. This is where we get in a really dangerous territory on the moral lines of society. And, and that affects all the way up into our laws because you think we have laws to protect against this stuff? We don't. We don't. It's, you know, and we found that out earlier this year when we had a whistleblower come and, you know, Lannan's organization, Freedom Forever, found that there was a doctor here in Nashville who was advertising photos of a nude 15-year-old girl um, and was putting them up to advertise double mastectomies and was had given this 15-year-old girl a double mastectomy and had put up before photos uncensored and after photos uncensored. And we, we went, obviously, to authorities, and authorities were shocked to find there is no law that covers this, and in fact, the law protects this. The law protects it under the guise of it being medical and, um, you know, in this professional medical capacity. And the truth is, that's not what it is. This is advertising. Any other company right. advertised a naked child, they would be arrested, but right. not if you're a doctor. And I think that that's something really disgusting. We've got to change, and we've we've voiced that to lawmakers, and it's something that we're working on. But right. um, I included that in the CPR Act on yeah. my website, LandonStarbuck.com, if you want to look at it. And this is something you can do to also send to your legislators in your states, because we don't need we don't just need a state level change here. We need a federal level change, uh, because current child pornography laws do not include lewd images of children if they are deemed not used for sexual purposes. And that's entirely subjective and it falls right in the hands of this pedophilic, uh, you know, excuse and agenda for art and all those, uh, all of those other arbitrary examples and justifications that they try to use. So we have to get ahead of this and we've been sounding the alarm on this and we need activists, we need people like you guys to, to get involved in that fight. Yeah, and there's gonna be um, another lawmaker um, bringing a law, uh, introducing a law rather, in Missouri um, that will ban a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. And so I'm very excited about that to give you guys that news coming up soon. Um, and uh, I wanna bring up another part of this story here. Um, we were talking about Nazis earlier. And as much as you know, I criticized um, Kanye, I wanna criticize the US government. 
we are funding this. The US government is funding white supremacist militia in Ukraine. Here's another one of uh, these white supremacist militias in Ukraine that we're funding. And so as long as we're talking about, you know, opposing Nazis, we should not be sending money to fund a Nazi arm of the Ukrainian military. And the US government is. And so if we were gonna be morally consistent and stand against what Kanye said, standing up for Nazis, then we've got to stand against giving money to the Ukrainian government and their funding of the Azov Battalion, which is a Nazi battalion. They have a horrific white supremacist history. I mean, I don't need, you don't need, you don't even need to go into it, but if you want to, you can go search it up. You will see it's Azov Battalion. You'll see all the horrific details of the horrific stuff they've done to women and children and everything else. This is not something we should be funding. And along those same lines, you know, I think it's interesting. Before this war happened, the media was actually very hard on, on Ukraine over this stuff, over the Azov Battalion, over Zelensky being a TV actor president and how he was embroiled in controversy because of, you know, all the stuff between Biden and Trump and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden he's a saint to them. Well, let me show you what Saint Zelensky did today. He's urging lawmakers to ban the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And when he urges lawmakers in Ukraine to do something, they do it. So he's effectively um, worked towards this banning of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And here's the thing. I'm, let's pretend he's right. Let's pretend this Ukrainian Orthodox Church has links to Moscow, has links to Russia. I really don't know. Um, but it's beside the point. This is a religion that's been around way before the war. It will be around way after the war. And it is not the place of a government to ban religions, period. I don't think I need to explain why. I think that's a very clear freedom that all people deserve to have is the ability to worship the way they see fit. And so we're assisting a tyrant. And just for the record, I want people to remember this. I put this up today. He's not only announced he's, he's going after banning this Ukrainian Orthodox Church, he's also banned his political opposition party from being able to run for elections. And he's um, gotten rid of news stations that dare to question him. Yeah, we're supposed to treat him like a good guy. You know, I'm not falling for the propaganda and the green shirt and saying, oh, he's a hero. I can't do it. I can't do it with somebody who is doing that, who's shutting down churches, shutting down the press, shutting down opposition, basically shutting down freedom of thought. And, you know, the thing that I've always believed in life is that if you are right, if you're on the right side, you don't try to shut down your opposition because you know that letting your opposition speak only wins you points. And that's what I've always believed. I will always believe that you don't shut people down if you were on the right side of things, because the best way to get through bad ideas is to challenge it with better ideas. And that is the truth. We see that. It's why the left refuses to debate us. You know, um, I said before, I think the other day, it was like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I challenged AOC to a debate, you know, and put up like 50 grand for kids or 100 grand, actually, is what we ended up going up to, um, to get donated to kids. And AOC wouldn't debate. You know, so these people will not debate, period. And it's because they know their ideas are morally inferior, they're inconsistent, and they fall apart the moment that they're actually challenged. And so that's what I see when I see somebody like Zelensky doing this. And that's not to say that Russia is morally superior. This is an argument saying that Ukraine is not in itself under the power of Zelensky and Zelensky's party. They are not confident in their ability to have an opposition party challenged them. That's not good in any country. 
you need to have opposition to challenge you. And, you know, so I, I think we need to take a good hard look at where we're spending our money. And I hate to continue talking, and but when we're taking this hard look at where we spend our money, this story is important. The Pentagon failed their new audit. They fail every audit they do. They can't account for $2 trillion. And to go further on this, they commented, the, the Pentagon comptroller, uh, Mike McCord, saying, we failed to get an A. Now, I just want to take a look at this statistic real quick. He said, we failed to get an A. I would not say we flunked. Okay, so let me ask you guys. <laughs> um, the Pentagon only managed to account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion budget. So um, would you call being able to account for 39% of your budget a failure? Because that means that you can't account for 61% of your budget. Meanwhile, they're really cracking down on your PayPal, on the Venmo. If you go over $600, the government's coming after you. Yeah, you better, you better be able so, to explain every dollar you spend. Every single Venmo. dollar. You better save those receipts and account for everything. But not if you're the Pentagon. If you're no. the Pentagon, you can lose a couple trillion. What's a couple trillion between friends? You know, I mean, no problem, right? Just a couple trillion bucks. We'll figure it out later. And if you remember, this has been going on for literally decades. They continually fail these audits. They can't explain where they spend their money and nobody challenges them. We have the weakest people in DC sometimes. I mean, all the time, really. They, they refuse to challenge on these issues. The Pentagon shouldn't get a dime until we know where all the money is going aside from the necessary, you know, critical things like paying our service members, things like that, making sure that things stay up to date. But we should not be adding any new stuff when we don't know where the heck the money's gone. And so on top of that, when you look at that, they can't account for 61% of where their budget went. But yet we're giving all this money, billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine, which has a Nazi wing called the Azov Battalion. Meanwhile, our southern border is wide open. And how I mean, many members of Congress are actually speaking out about either of those issues? The, you know, the, the fact that uh, our border is wide open, we have a crisis, uh, the unaccompanied minor crisis. Are we going to talk about that or do you have that in the queue? That's not in the queue today. Okay, you well, all right. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen the Project Veritas expose with the whistleblower, please, you have to watch this. I mean, th this made me That's so right. angry because you know, something that is very, I'm very passionate about. My organization has been working on um, uncovering a lot of the things that have been happening with this unaccompanied minor crisis. People don't realize over 200,000 unaccompanied minors. That means they have already been abandoned, Crazy. exploited. They're already coming across by themselves, in which case over 70% of them are, of the girls are raped um, on that journey. So they are already a vulnerable population. And what's happening now is an expedited trafficking operation where they're trying to get rid of them. They're trying to move them as quickly as possible. Our federal government is complicit in this. And they're going to unvetted sponsors on without background checks, without home visits. Um, and they're putting them in these different tiers uh, to just get mo them moving as quickly as possible, all because of the optics, really. Um, and, you know, they they don't want to get sued. They don't want the accountability, but it's really boils down to the optics of it. They don't want you to know that they're dropping off all of these children and funneling them across America and getting rid of them out of sight, out of mind as quickly as possible. So we don't talk about that crisis. I mean, you're talking about situations where they they deliver, you know, 15 kids to one address. No, that, it, that, 44, clearly, 44 children at one address in Austin, Texas. I mean, I think everybody can figure out what's going on there.
that, that doesn't take a rocket scientist. And and clearly we don't have rocket scientists running the operation down at the Department of Homeland But who's Security. looking into it? What kind of oversight? Nobody. What kind of accountability? Nobody. Although I will say this, I want to mention, you know, I like to go to the comments sometimes. I'm looking at the Facebook comments and I can see um, a good question from Adrienne Figueroa. Um, she says, um, how much of the missing Pentagon money is going towards PSYOPs on the American people? And you know what? That's that's a fair, good question at this point. It really is. You know, you look at the stuff that's happened this year that we've talked about, like even, you know, what which Congress is going to be looking into this election integrity partnership called the EIP. Some of you guys have heard me talk about this before. The EIP was caught with a 20 person, basically political hit list. I was on it along with the Trump family, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Charlie Kirk, Jack Posobiec, um, a few others. And basically it was a censorship list where the Biden administration has given the four entities that run the EIP over $12 million in grant money. Okay. And the EIP is tasked with clamping down and censoring people who are quote misinformation artists. It just so happens we're all Republican and it just so happens we all oppose the Biden regime. Just a coinky dink. And, um, but it just so, so happens there the was one companies. member of Congress that was or one person, person running, running and that was, that was Robbie. Yeah. So, you know, it's just crazy. I do want to give you guys some good news though. Um, so let's get to the good news. The good news is there was mass firing at CNN and they fired Chris Saliza. Um, Saliza, if you forgot, he looks like this, um, real looker. And um, Chris Saliza, the reason I don't like him, I'll be very clear, is after we had Senator Rand Paul on our show um, at the beginning of the COVID calamity, we were talking about the vaccines ahead of time. And we talked about the fact that, you know, there was not being uh, there was not being given the conversation needed to be given to natural immunity and the very clear efficacy of leaning into that. And that we were looking at dangerous territory on something that didn't have time to be tested to the degree previous things had been tested and that there were no standards in place that really made sense. And we were basically warning against everything that ended up happening. And at the time that we warned people against everything that ended up happening, we were called conspiracy theorists. CNN ran a horrible hit piece against me and Rand Paul and basically trashed us both as anti-vax, conspiracy theorists, you know, blah, 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 blah. Everything that has now become honestly a compliment. So in reverse, I guess I can <laughs> say thank you. But they were charging us with that at the very beginning of COVID saying, you're going to, you know, Robbie and Rand are going to kill people and blah, blah, blah. Um, so Chris wrote that article, though, and he's fired now. So um, have a good week, Chris. I hope um, the door doesn't hit you on the way out. Um, speaking of firing um, things that are done policy, I love this. Florida has pulled $2 billion from BlackRock, one of the most evil corporations on the planet, if not the most evil. I would say it's the most evil, <clears> probably, <throat> in the largest anti-ESG invest uh, divestment um, in American history. And so if you're not familiar, ESG scores are basically the social credit system used for corporations that are now used to force corporations into being woke, I mean, just hellacious health sites. And the fact that these ESG scores have gotten to the point that they have is really an embarrassment. And it is partly the fault of our own political leaders. We have to have a backbone and we have to do what Florida did in this case. And we have to cancel you know, ESG companies in as many ways as we can as conservatives. And one of the ways we can do that is divest from these firms, pool the money, states invest money, pool the money that goes to these companies like BlackRock and make sure that it's not propping up these ESG scores that are then making its way into your workplace and forcing you to go through these trainings that are absolutely insane. Uh, basically treating people like they're all racist bigots and everything else. I mean, 
It's just lunacy at this point, and we have to fight back. And I love the way that DeSantis is doing it in Florida. This is another headline from today um, from Breitbart. Ron DeSantis hammers Disney as CEO Bob Iger regrets anti-groomer bill fight. They brought this on themselves, says DeSantis. Here's why this is important. Um, you'll remember earlier this week, Disney bent the knee. And they basically said, look, we wish we hadn't gotten political. We're going to try really hard not to in the future. And instead of DeSantis saying, okay, good, let's get back to the table. Let's be friends. He did what we need our politicians to do. He went after them again. And he put them in their place. And he's letting them know, I'm not here to be your friend. We are not coming back to the table and going to be best buds. We know what you stand for. You are not going to continue to do this in our state period. You brought this on yourself. So do it again. I dare you. That was DeSantis's next move back to them. Typically, what we've grown accustomed to is if there is a politician who does say something to one of these companies, the minute the company does roll over, then they roll over too. And if the company doesn't roll over and they attack that politician, then the politician hides. DeSantis is giving a masterclass to these people on what to do. Okay. You have to continue and continue and continue, be relentless and let them know that you are not going to allow this madness, okay? They literally opposed a bill, Disney opposed a bill that all it said, it didn't say don't say gay at any time, it was lunacy. What it said in the bill was you can't teach sexual topics to third graders, okay? To kids up to third grade, you can't teach sexual topics, you can't teach any of the gender and pronouns, you can't teach any of that. That's all it said. That was the entire bill. And the left branded it the don't say gay bill. And you know what? That was the stupidest branding of all time. Look at the results in Florida. Democrats even support the bill. Okay. Democrat voters, at least, not the politicians. Democrat voters support that bill two to one. Okay. And it's because those people got the messaging from DeSantis and from the Florida government saying, uh, actually, that's not what the bill says. It says this, and all these people are liars. And you need to have the backbone to fight for these things. You need to be able to explain them rationally. Right. And that's another big part of this. If you can't explain your bill rationally to somebody who opposes you, then you are unfit. You have got to be able to explain every part of this to every type of person in a way that is digestible. And he's doing that with these bills, okay? And the, and the marketing of these bills has to also be very important. Things like calling it an anti-groomer bill, because the Democrats who are, are against this stuff, they need to stand up and say, I oppose the anti-groomer bill. OK, because if the vast majority of society can agree this is a, a bill that prevents grooming and we put that out there, then the Democrats who defend it have to be the people who supported an anti-groomer bill or supported not passing it rather. The, the new right, really the standard for politicians, has to be cultural literacy. You have to have an understanding of the cultural you know, implications on public policy. And DeSantis really understands that. So um, we need more leaders. I mean, it's just it's a standard that we can't afford to compromise on any longer because we will continue to lose. Absolutely. And so next thing up is um, what we're going to turn into if we don't fight back. I want to tell people something very important. If anybody ever tells you that you don't need your second amendment, I want you to screen record this video that I'm about to play for you. I'm going to play you two videos and I want you to play these videos for them. So start screen recording. You ready? This is the first video you're going to show them.
You know what that video is? That's people in line for a quarantine camp in China. They've been herded like cattle, okay? Ready to get into their tiny little box, which I showed you guys in the last show how small these quarantine camp rooms are, that they will be stuck in for who knows how long. Some of the people, children, have been stuck in these places for over a year. Little kids with no contact, except for the person who drops their food to them. And I showed you the videos from inside of those kids getting their food delivered to them, okay? This stuff is horrific, it's horrendous, and this is why we have the Second Amendment, because this will never happen to my child, it will never happen to me, and it will never happen to you, as long as you keep that Second Amendment. And that is why we have it, and it's why we won't give it up. Let me show you the second video. This is the other reason why, okay? <laughs> You know what that is? That's the sound of Chinese mothers and fathers crying out, begging for their children to be given back to them because their kids are in quarantine camps. Those are Chinese parents standing outside of a quarantine camp that has had their children for God knows how long, crying out to the guards to release their children. I guarantee you if they had the Second Amendment, that would not be happening. I guarantee it. And that is why I will always stand up for our right to own firearms and be able to protect our families from a tyrannical government because we cannot let our country turn into China because what? that's what's happening there. That's why you hear about these protests happening in China. That is what they're protesting. They're protesting that kind of tyranny, that communism, and they want to be free. So defend your freedom now while you have the chance because if you don't defend it now and you don't stand up and voice your support for these opinions, you're in the silent majority then. And what happens if we're a silent majority? It doesn't matter if we're a majority then, because the very loud minority of people, a small group of radicals will run everything, including running over you and your rights and your freedoms. So now's the time to have those uncomfortable conversations and to stand up for what you believe in. Because if you don't, that's your future, or at least your kid's future. So that's the decision we have to make is, are we okay with that? being our kids' futures, our grandkids' futures, as long as we're safe, as long as we make it through our life without it happening to us, are we okay with that? I'm not, I'm not okay with that. And so if we have to be a little uncomfortable right now to make sure that doesn't happen, that's what we've got to do. And that's that's my final word on that. But What, um, what state was it just, I was just reading about that actually said that they have the votes to ban firearms, ban ARs? So Wisconsin? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I read know. something about this this morning. Maybe somebody can put it in the comments because um, they are have a significant bringing, gun control. No, this is not fake news. Okay. Um, something I just saw this morning and you, I didn't know you were bringing up that topic. So yeah. I think it's very relevant because we're chipping away at our second amendment every single day in America. Are, Democrats are coming for your guns. They're coming for your second amendment. This is not a question. It's not a conspiracy theory They're What they're doing is they're getting away with it where they can. So in these Democrat states where they're talking about banning, you know, your, your right to own your, yeah. a gun. Um, and when they say, you know, banning assault rifles, like what Biden said the other day, or, or semi-automatics, you know, like that's the same thing. Yeah, he said, he said ban semi-automatics. <laughs> you, you ban that, they're, they're all gone. Yeah, 90% of handguns are semi-automatic. If they get away with that, all guns will be gone yep. within years. But notice they're changing the language, okay, because they know what they're doing. Biden has always previously said assault weapons, okay, which by the way is not a real thing. That's not, that's not a... He made they made that up. OK, assault weapons is not a descriptor of a specific class of guns. OK, they just made it up because it sounds scary. He changed their branding, though. 
to semi-automatics. There's no reason for people to own semi-automatics. 90% of handguns are semi-automatic, okay? They changed that branding for a reason because they know that when they ban AR-15s and it shows homicides are still through the roof and not only through the roof, but even worse. So because you look at the trajectory of crime, Steve Cortez has a great video he has up right now on his page explaining the crime trajectory and how we're headed up, 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 up. Okay. When that happens, even after they ban AR-15s in some places, then they're going to need an excuse to go after other guns. There you go. They're already talking about it right now. And so I want to bring up next, um, sorry, I had the hiccups for a second there. Um, I want to bring up this video that you brought to me. I'm going to play it first. Yeah. Or you want to explain it to them? Let's play it. It's all, all about right. the we're, we're going to play this first yeah. and, and then we'll talk about it. But this is very important. You understand it's you're you're going to be offended by it. Honestly, I'm offended by the music um, almost as much as the topic, but um, you, it's going to be annoying. It's going to be offensive what you're about to watch, but it's something important to understand because this is being pushed on a mass cultural scale and it's being used to poison the minds of the next generation. So you need to understand this is what's going on and being popularized. If you don't understand it, you can't effectively fight it. So you've got to watch this. Here we go. Expression. You are the art and it's extreme. You know, look at the Sistine Chapel. If that isn't extreme, what is? Especially we're in the middle of the Bible Belt. There's a lot of homophobic, racist people, but he has a good support system. I'm, I don't want to be mad at you. Tomorrow is the drag performance. Do you feel ready? I actually love drag. So this award-winning drag kids documentary drops on Christmas Eve on Amazon Prime, iTunes, and other outlets. Parents subjecting their kids to this are fueling a mental health crisis with gender and identity confusion and narcissism on full display. So I feel like my um, my makeup isn't looking great today. Lactatia is definitely a fierce queen. Uh, her outfit is always on point. Her hair is always on uh, on point. Her makeup. Always on point. Now wait one second, don't you talk. Let me show you how to walk. Right to the left, click, clack, shake that booty, don't look back. Some of my friends think that a drag queen is a man who wants to be a woman. And that's not true. A drag queen is a man who puts on a feminine persona. Bitch, I'm everything. No, it's a mockery of femininity. This is abuse. It's just horrible. Absolutely horrible. I mean, this is something that we've been fighting on every scale. You know, in Tennessee, I'm, I'm proud to say we've got a bill introduced now that will ban um, drag shows from being able to have child performers or have children come and attend these things. But this is something we all need to fight in every state. Tennessee's not enough. It's not enough to have one safe haven. Again, we'll be um, able to announce another bill being introduced in another state shortly. And um, we're working on this all over the country, but we need your help. So you've got to reach out to your representatives and demand that they pass bills to make these practices illegal because what's happening is child abuse. You watch that, the poisoning of our culture is intentional, it is rapid, and it is dangerous. And it's something important to understand that's going on because that's what people are consuming and normalizing as content, not just normalizing. In fact, Chris Beck, who was in the, the last episode yesterday, the pre-taped, he used a word very important they're popularizing it, okay? It's why you see these issues attached to everything, 
Okay, they're attaching it to every part of popular culture because it is meant to be popular so that the following generation has this become a social norm in every way and something that actually gets you praise. And, you know, if you look at this and, you know, the trans issue we covered yesterday, these are all also things that feed into us having issues reproducing and becoming the society we need to be to replace our debt. You know, they have the, the, the birth replacement rate. We're already underneath it. And when you talk about a society normalizing the mass, you know, transing of kids and things along these lines, obviously our, our birth replacement rates are going to go even lower and plummet. And you couple that with other issues we've got going on already. And it's just, it's a, it's a disaster waiting to happen on every end from a moral end to a realistic end, economic end, everything else. Uh, I mean, it's just right. a disaster. It's important to understand too, like, combating all age drag shows or drag is an adult performance in front of children. I mean, it's, it's the, this bill would effectively ban all of it, but the, the reality is we don't have strippers coming in trying to perform in schools for children. We don't have strippers doing strippers story time hour. I mean, we probably will at the rate things are going, but this bill is about adult performance cabaret adult where adults strip where adults uh, perform to, you know, raunchy music. And the whole point here, when there's a monetary exchange for, you know, adult, you know, sexual movement and, and undressing and all that, I mean, what are, what are kids learning? And I've talked about this before. Um, this is, it's like, we're, we're being mass hypnotized to believe that just a few years ago, this was not something that would have been considered absolutely obscene in front of children. And we are not far off from normalizing things like sex work, prostitution. They have had prostitutes come in and speak in schools already. So, well, that's why they rebrand everything, yeah, right? I, sex I worker sex offers work. legitimacy as if it's, you know, a, a a profession, not the oldest oppression um, of women. And so, and also the whole drag thing too. I mean, there's just so many reasons it's wrong, but also the distorted idea of femininity, it's fueling this gender dysphoria, you know, cult essentially that they're, they're luring children into 100%. it. They're confusing them. They're sexualizing them. They're stealing their childhood innocence, their childhoods for goodness sake. I mean, instead of kids being, you know, fishing and playing with their brothers and sisters and finding bugs, they're putting on makeup and fake prosthetic, you know, breasts and things of that nature and performing for adults who are clapping and jeering and, and, and scoring and woke points for their, their parents and putting cash in their outfit. We're not I mean, going to pretend like we're not going to pretend like there's just a few isolated, you know, inappropriate things about this. Everybody stood against. I mean, drag, the drag culture itself has always been inherently sexual, always fueled with drugs and, you know, sexual fringe activities at the stage. And the whole culture is about sexuality. I mean, and, and the fact that people are justifying this is absolute insanity. We're not going to debate this issue. I mean, we're, we will lose every time because once you start arguing with somebody, it's like arguing with a pedophile. You can't sit and argue with a pedophile of why they think what they're doing is right. Yep. So you don't engage that argument. This is something that I won't debate. This is something that is, if you if you see these images, you see these videos and you think that this is okay, you think this is healthy and normal for, for children, you have already been desensitized. You've already been brainwashed and you are a useful pawn in this pedophilic agenda. Yeah. You know, um, and I just want to say, because I've always hated that term sex work for a variety of reasons. Number one, the legitimacy thing, but another one too, just on, again, if you, if sex feels like work to you, you're doing it wrong. 
Okay. I just like, that's just a fact. I just want to put out there. So let's, let's get rid of this. Not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> well, I said the legitimacy thing too is a problem, but again, just the idea that it's, it's work. Well, it should never reason... be work. It should never be a job. It's obviously like a grotesque moral conundrum that our society has that this even exists and we've got to fix yeah. it. Again, something Democrats are pushing. They want they, to I mean, legalize sex work. That, that means legalized prostitution. The reason I even use the term sex work is because you need to know the term that they're teaching your children in schools. You know, this is the, this is coming through comprehensive sex ed. This is coming under inclusivity. The same mechanisms that they've got all this other garbage, you know, to indoctrinate our children with, they are going to use that term, sex work. Yeah. And they won't know what you're talking about if you say, are you? Are they teaching you about prostitution at school? No, because they rebrand it so it's more palatable. Yeah, but what age are they te teaching the word sex work? Um, well, it depends on which state and which, which you know, comprehensive sex ed curriculum. Because I don't think they're using the term sex work. They either. are. Well, I don't know if they've done it in Tennessee yet, but yeah. they have definitely. But they are in places like California. I mean, definitely. Um, you know. Many, many blows, other states just, as well. It just blows my mind. It really does. It blows my mind how we, I mean. I know that obviously I'm not supposed to be surprised and, and I guess deep down I'm not, but it's still like when you sit down and you you put together the collection of all the insanity at once and you really think about like, how did we get here? Because you look back 10, 15 years ago, if you had gone down this list of issues that we just went through today and you asked somebody like, hey, what do you think? They'd be like, everybody's lost their minds. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's all I can come up with sometimes at the end of this. I'm like, I know there's supposed to be some great commentary, but the truth is everyone's lost their minds. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to say other than that sometimes, but um, speaking of societal collapse, here's another one. Um, new sperm meta analysis. So this is, you know, obviously we don't normally talk about sperm on the show, but um, this is an important thing. This is a legit study, the study link you can see there. Um, this is trends in sperm counts. So sperm reduction um, is happening globally. 50% reduction in average sperm count since 1973. If we follow this trend from where it's gone now and continue it out at a consistent rate as to what it's done over the last, you know, 30 years, um, then we will not have, we'll essentially have men with zero sperm count by 2050. Okay. I'm sure it's just another coincidence. I'm sure it's co coincidence, hundred percent. Well, here's the thing though, is that, if there was an issue like this going on in, in a sane world, governments would all, they'd all be working on this independently, trying to figure out how do we save our economy? How do we save our country and our people? Because countries actually look very closely at this birth death replacement rate, because it's how you make sure you're able to grow an economy. So your GDP relies um, and continued growth relies on you being able to replace your dead. And if you can't replace your dead, you're in big trouble. And we see that in countries already. Some Asian countries are having issues with this. Um, it's the reason why the Chinese government, the Communist Party there, changed their policy from the one-child policy to allow people to have more children because they were not at a rate where they could replace their dead anymore. And they needed to be able to replace it for the future. And so when you look at an issue like this and the potential for a societal collapse, this is the real problem here is that we don't have an overpopulation problem. We have an underpopulation problem when it comes to the fact that these birth rates are not where they need to be and our sperm counts are going to a place where it's gonna be close to zero by 2050 if it continues on this trajectory. So a sane government though would look into this and try to figure out, well, why is this happening? It's obviously something environmental in our food, in, in our air, in, in our water, something, okay? It's gotta be something that men all over the world are ingesting 
and is changing the way that their biology works. And again, I think you could make a good argument that the feminization of men, you know, the loss of masculinity is probably tied to this, Absolutely. whatever the cause is. And, you know, I don't know whether it's something in the air, something in the food, a combination of all these things together, but something or maybe some sort of experimental thing that they're making people get all over the world, you know, maybe a combination of all of these things is causing this. I don't know, but I know that a sane government would go and investigate this and spare no expense in doing so to figure out how to correct the problem to save their country decades from now, to make sure their children and grandchildren don't have to deal with a societal collapse where they can't replace anybody. And the only way to have a child is with the help of a doctor and a few men who are not sterile. Well, not only are they not you know? doing that, but they're actually pushing the climate alarmism, encouraging yeah. people to not procreate, knowing yeah. full well what's going to happen with an economic collapse induced by, you know, underpopulation. Well, and I'll give credit to um, to Elon Musk. You know, he has he's one of the only very wealthy people I've seen talk about this. Um, he has said before that's the number one threat to humanity is this population issue um, that if we go and try to depopulate and, and make us less populated, we're going to have serious societal collapse issues where everything just breaks down. And he says, you know, you see all these other billionaires talking about us having too many people. We don't have enough. We're not going to have enough. And I think that the other thing we've got to look at as well is, you know, you go further down the line and in terms of technological advancements and everything, I do think we are genuinely headed toward a future 100 years out where people will be populating places like Mars. And in the case that that is the reality 100 years from now, you know, population growth and things along those lines becomes even more important. But if you're heading toward a sterile society, you're in big trouble. And I think that's something that we, we need to talk about. And it was not a topic I particularly wanted to talk about, but it's one I think people need to talk about because people need to start questioning why no government is looking into this to the degree it needs to, to fix the problem. And I encourage men, you know, we've got to be on top of our health and we've got to be on top of, you know, making sure that we're putting good things in our bodies. So just be on top of that. You know, take care of yourself. Make sure that you're not eating garbage that is chemically engineered and has all types of chemicals and, and terrible stuff in it. Take care of your body that God gave you and treat it, treat it well. Treat it the way that it deserves to be treated and make sure your kids treat their bodies the way they deserve to be treated and that your spouse treats their body the way they deserve to be treated. Because... Um, you know, piling our bodies full of chemicals and, and synthetic hormones and things like that. This is not what our ancestors did. OK, our, our guts were not designed for this. Our bodies were not designed for this. We have never in human history eaten so much processed food, not even close, not even close, not even a tiny bit close. OK, we're talking about a gulf, an ocean between what our ancestors ate and what we eat. We eat the most processed dead food possible. And if you're eating processed dead food, bad things are going to happen. And I'm not saying you can't have any. I'm, I'm not saying that. I don't like extremes. I think that people, you know, who really make good health changes generally start by making very moderate choices that are different, you know, and, and you have some things that, you know, maybe aren't so good sometimes. And the majority of the time you're making good choices. But try to make really good choices because your kids are depending on you being alive. Society does better when we have strong men and strong families. And so I think that's a responsibility we all have. I'm on the do the opposite of what the government tells you to do diet. <laughs> yes. So I'm eating a lot of meat, like a lot of red meat, um, yeah. growing my own vegetables and fruit, 
yeah. you know, um, lots of nuts, all of those things. I'm, I'm not doing the grasshopper thing. Have you guys seen how hard they've been pushing the bugs? It's weird. It's weird. I'm not we, eating bugs. I'm not doing not. it. I will have my own cow farm before I eat bugs. Yep. It's not happening. Pay attention to those labels. I saw some chips the other day that had ground up crickets. Weird. But why? Why? None of us want crickets. I don't want to eat crickets. I've never looked at a cricket and been like, mmm, delicious. Um, I have looked at a cow and thought delicious. You know, I'm just saying I have, you know, those Chick-fil-A ads, they are effective. And you say okay. that you don't know what to get me for Christmas. I've dropped so many hints. To get a cow? Yes. Okay. Well, you see, you know, that actually sounds kind of fun. He's like, damn it. Where am I going to get a cow in 20 days? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure I could. I'm sure and I we have to get two because I don't days. want them to be by themselves. Can't they, we have Great Danes. Can't they're not we, cows? Okay. I can't milk our Great Danes. I, I can't eat our Great Danes. We love them. I know, but they can be friends they're, with the cow. Um, people in the comments, you tell me. I don't. Can, can a cow? If we get one cow, can they be friends with our two Great Danes? Because we have the property for it. If we get one cow, can they be friends with our Great Danes? And is that enough socialization, or do they need a friend cow? Is that like a necessary component here? They and do. Can, Especially because I want to have sure? more cows. We're going to eat the cow. We have to go get the other cow. We want to create a cow. Well, we have to cows. have, well, then we have to have, I mean, it's a whole thing. We've got to have a dairy cow and then meat cows. You know, they're different deals. I know, so. but they're separate. That's why you need more. Every Christmas I can get You know, more I don't know if they're like, are cows like gangs? You know, here's the thing. I'm actually embarrassed. I come from a family of ranchers, so I'm going to have to ask some people in my family. Um, in Cuba, my family, uh, they were ranchers. And so um, I'm sure this intelligence is in my family somewhere and probably in my DNA at some point on a, you know, ancestral level. But um, are, are cows like gangs, you know, where it's like the meat cows don't want to hang with the dairy cows, you know? That's a dad joke, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's a dad joke. Oh, my gosh. Um, All right, let's go to the next slide. Okay. Speaking of jokes, um, let's talk about Maxine Waters. So oh my gosh. Maxine Waters, this I didn't tell you about the story, so this is going to be a surprise for Landon too. This was right before the show. Maxine Waters tweeted, Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX, the CEO of FTX, the guy who defrauded people of billions and billions of dollars and stole hardworking people's money. We appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the help the company's customers, investors, and others. To that end, we would welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th, okay? Are you guys ready for the shocker of all shockers? First of all, members of Congress don't talk like that to people who defrauded people of billions of dollars, okay? They don't. They're not like, we're so excited about you coming in and giving your testimony. Thank you so much for being transparent. They don't do that, okay? This is, it's weird. And it's some sort of like weird way of signaling, you know, that this guy's safe. So let me show you something though. Would you look at that? Sam Bankman-Fried contributed more than 300,000 to members of Maxine Waters Committee, 95% Democrats. And fun fact, he donated more to Maxine than anybody else. And so Friendly Maxine, who's the head of this financial services committee, which in itself should just like blow your mind that this lady's in charge of anything, okay? The lady is nuts. Absolutely. And I, I say that I'm very careful who I call nuts. She is nuts. Okay. You look at her history of ladies nuts. She's corrupt as can be. She pays her daughter hundreds of thousands of dollars to send out mailers. Okay. Um, this lady is out of control. And this is the lady who's in charge of looking into and holding Sam Bankman Freed accountable. One of his biggest, you know, sort of people in terms of taking his money. 
That's crazy to me. I mean, how do you feel about it, Landon? Is she doesn't even live in district, and she's the only person who gets away with consistently calling for violence, you know, and nobody she's holds her accountable. She's called for violence so many times, it's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. You know, and it's, you know what blows my mind? Is um I play I play that JFK clip a lot. You know the JFK speech I love. Yes. Um, I play that a lot for people, and I often wonder. I see these people like Maxine Waters, and I just go, "How was JFK ever a member of the Democratic Party?" You look at his policy positions, everything else, his speeches. I mean, there's a few suspect things um, in there, but you look at him, and then you look at the Democrats of today, and you're like what the heck is going on to the, with this part? I mean, how did they get to this crazy place? And obviously that's something we talk about all the time, how they got there. But, you know, um, it's just crazy to, to think about the fact that JFK today, the Democratic Party would cast him as a fascist, racist, everything elseist, you know, bigot. And um, that speaks to what poison is running the Democratic Party, I think. You know, that's my personal opinion. Um, that's our last, is there anything else you want to talk about today? I yeah. want to show people something, but yeah, is no, there anything go. else? No, okay, sure. so um, if you haven't seen yet, yesterday was the launch of the first pre-taped episode. Um, some people have asked me, why is it called The Robbie yeah. Starbucks Show if your wife's on it too? Why isn't her name there? I'm with you on that, but here's the thing. She's not always going to be on. She's going to be on sometimes. She's got so much going on. She's the head of a nonprofit. She's got all types of stuff that she's always doing. She's on TV all the time and she's fighting for kids all the time. She's got so many projects and so many people she's helping. She can't possibly be there to help me and make me look better on a daily <laughs> basis. So sometimes she's gonna leave me on my own and I'm gonna have to fend for myself. But um, I wanna play you guys this clip. This is from our pre-taped episode um, with Chris Beck, Navy SEAL, 13 deployments, served over 20 years, has done just absolutely insane things to protect this country, things people will never even know about. And in 2013, he was used by the VA and by medically absolutely insane doctors who hatched a plan to profit off of him and make him trans. And he came out as detransitioned on our show. And um, it's an incredible story. I'm going to play you the trailer for it. And if you want to see this, go to our Rumble page, go to rumble.com slash Robbie Starbuck, youtube.com slash Robbie Starbuck. If you have to use YouTube, I prefer Rumble. Um, Twitter.com, um, there's links there. On Instagram, there's links in the link tree, but here's the trailer. So you may or may not have seen in 2013 an interview with a Navy SEAL, Chris Beck. He came out as a transgender Navy SEAL. But why we're here today is because of everything happening in America with this transition craze that's going on with kids. You have something that you wanna tell the world. What is that? Everything you see on CNN with my face, do not even believe a word of it. Everything that happened to me for the last 10 years, they destroyed my life. I destroyed my life. I'm not a victim, I did it to myself, but I had some help. Transgender ideology is, is cultish and it's not science-based at all. They take that desire, that innate human desire to want to change and to want to help people, and they use it, just like a cult leader would. And the parents are so desperate to fit in with this ideology because of the fear of the us-them. They don't want to be othered. So now they're using the children as these trophies of like, look at me, I have a child that I'm accepting of. 
The reception to the show has just been incredible. We have had such amazing people um, reach out. And in fact, there's going to be a, a major Fox show featuring uh, Chris's story. And I'm excited to share that with y'all because I want his story out there to the masses. The Daily Caller did a fantastic story today supporting the episode that we just put out um, by, by putting it up there and putting the episode out for people to see it. You know what's amazing is the majority of people watching it are watching the full two hours. I looked at the analytics this morning and that's nuts to me um, because it is a two hour deep dive, but it is so interesting. I never wanted to do two hour episodes at all, but that interview we couldn't cut stuff. No. I mean, it was just like everything was necessary to understand just how insane this story is and how the US government failed somebody who was a hero for this country. Um, and, you know, it's just, it well, blows my mind. I think that's it what really makes, does. you know, th this platform really, you know, interesting to people and what we're, you know, creating and what you're yeah. doing is authentic, real conversations with real people um, elevating those stories that get suppressed that the media won't tell. Um, you know, this isn't some big production. You know, this is this is just we're trying to get truth out. We're trying to give good information out. We're trying to restore morality and our and save our country and our, our future generations. So I think that people can feel the difference yeah. in that. And I and this that conversation was just uh, incredible. And, uh, you know, if you want to support any of the sponsors, um, MyPillow, you can see there, there's the code Starbuck, um, or go to bravebooks.us, get kids or grandkids, uh, children's books. One of my children's book is for sale at bravebooks.us, but all their books are in alignment with our values. You get 15% off with uh, my code, which I believe is Robbie. It's up, it's on the banner. Um, but those are great sponsors. We're going to have some more sponsors to announce soon, though, that mm -hmm. are really great companies because everything that we're going to work with this year, this is my promise to people. We have a goal as a family of being entirely divorced from the left's economic machine by the end of 2023, where none of our money is going to companies or, or people who hate our values. And it's a lot harder than it sounds because you look at even just banks. Banking is so hard and there's a bank coming out next year that'll be one that we, you know I think we'll work with because they're in alignment with our values. They won't cancel people. You know, and there's a phone company that we're about to launch, um, you know, a partnership with here, the phone company, you're going to be able to keep your service, but you're going to know that your money is going to a company that supports our values instead of going to a woke company that gives money to far left groups, things along those lines. So we're going to try to help people on that transition, but we're only going to do things that we're doing, you know, so that's, that's, that's our promise is that, you know, when we have sponsors and, and partners on things, we're going to be transparent about it and tell you, like, this is something we're doing. And here's why, because we really believe we want our money going to companies that are in alignment with our values, not with companies who hate us. Um, and I think, let me, let me see if we have anything else today. I was just going to mention tomorrow, um, there's going to be a protest. There's national protests going on tomorrow. Um, in front of Nordstrom's and Balenciaga's all across America, organized by my incredible friends, Mom Army. Um, and there's also Dad Army, and there's my organization, Freedom Forever, and many other organizations are, are hopping on. But in Nashville, if you are local, please come 11 a.m. at the Nordstrom's. Um, we are protesting a silent protest just for an hour on the sidewalk um, to stand up for uh, children for what happened with Balenciaga. And we're not going to allow even the, the companies that enable uh, companies like Balenciaga and give them a platform and give them front shelf space uh, after what they've done. We have to send a clear message. We have to set a standard of what we will and will not uh, tolerate as the American public. Um, so if we can't get out and show up for children, 
you know, this this agenda is only going to advance because they'll say, oh, there's no resistance. We'll just continue uplifting brands that sexualize children. No problem. So we can't let that message uh, be the norm. And so that's why it's so important to stand up and support uh, organizations and people uh, taking on that fight. So hope you'll join us tomorrow at 11 a.m outside of Nordstrom's. Absolutely. Last thing, favor to ask of all of you, please go and subscribe to our Rumble page, uh, rumble.com slash Robbie Starbuck. Um, set notifications up. Same thing if you're a YouTube user still, unfortunately, then go to youtube.com slash Robbie Starbuck, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so that you know when we're up live and when the pre-taped episodes are uploaded. We're going to try to do the pre-taped episodes every Tuesday at like 6 a.m. so that people from the very beginning of the day can like listen on their drive on all platforms. So Apple podcast, again, you can subscribe there, leave a review on the podcast that helps. Same thing um, on all the other platforms that podcasts can be found on like Spotify, whatnot. Basically, if they host podcasts, they're going to have the show. So um, go ahead and subscribe on those though, and set notifications, leave reviews and things like that, because it helps with um, the podcast growth. So, and more than anything, the number one thing that helps the show grow is share it with your friends. Share with your friends, encourage your friends to watch it because that's how we share the truth and get the truth out there. If we wanna break through this media manipulation paradigm, this is how we do it. You know, yesterday with the first episode of the pre-taped shows, we hit numbers um, that are in alignment with getting, you know, part of CNN's audience. And my hope is that by the end of 2023, we'll be surpassing CNN's nightly audience and be able to affect more people than a network like that can be able to affect. And that's a lofty, I mean, not that or lofty of a goal, because I mean, to be, to be <laughs> truth. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. To be really honest. I mean, that's not that lofty of a goal considering that, um, you know, Cartoon Network gets better ratings at night than CNN does, but it's still a goal because if we can do our part to help push back against this machine and get the truth out there, then I'll feel like we we're able to do a good job here and be able to affect policy change and things along those lines. Because at the end of the day, we're not an outrage machine show. We're not going to just be pushing stuff for people to be angry about. We're always going to be backing it up with things that you can do to make change happen. And that's why if you follow me on social media, you know, I'm constantly asking people to send emails, make phone calls, show up, do things that actually make change happen. Because um, if we're outraged by this stuff, then we need to fix it, not just be upset. So thank you all for watching. We'll be back soon. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend.